right. Hey, if you've got a Bible this morning, uh, we'll come up on the screen, but 2 Kings chapter 4. The, uh, in the Old Testament, 2 Kings, uh, a little, little harder to find. 2 Kings comes after 1 Kings. Uh, it's about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. And then I think it's 1 Kings and then 2 Kings chapter 4. Cool. And I, you, know, you know what? I've been really stirred the past few weeks around uh, just, I guess, really wanting to see an increase of the Holy Spirit's activity over my life. I can only speak for myself, but certainly uh, an increase of His activity in our church when we're together in moments like this uh, and seeing God do some incredible things. I just want to speak into that a little bit this, this morning. And I want to start or launch from this little story in the Old Testament uh, just to kind of come from or come out of. It's in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. It'll come up now on the screens. It says this, verse 8 of 2 Kings 4. One day, Elisha, who was this famous prophet in Israel, he went to Shunem, which was a little village in Israel. Actually, I don't know if it was little or not. I've just made that up. Uh, it says, and a well-to-do woman was there. And she urged him, everyone say urged. She urged him, Elisha, to stay for a meal. And so whenever he came by, whenever Elisha came by, he would stop there at her house to eat. Verse 9 said, she said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. So let's make a small room on the roof and put a bed in it and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay whenever he comes to us. There's a whole lot more uh, to that story and we won't read on. You can read in your own time, but... You know, the story goes on because of the invitation of the Shunammite woman and because she built this room for the man of God, uh, Elisha wants to kind of repay her for her kindness and, and she's a well-to-do woman. She doesn't need anything, but he, he finds out that she's actually barren and she declares and prays, promises her uh, a son. She'd been unable to conceive. Miraculously, the next year she gives birth to a son. Unfortunately, a few years later, the same boy ends up dying uh, in, in, uh, with illness. And so Elisha uh, visits them again. And in that very room, which she creates for him, he actually sees the boy raised from the dead. And it's an amazing story and it keeps on going even after that. But I just want to camp around these first few verses here and just explore a little bit of a thought about making room for God, making room for Him in our lives. Uh, and and uh, that's the name of this, this message about giving Him space to do what He does best. And I've found, and I'm just feeling more and more hungry to see this, to see the Holy Spirit released to do what He can do. We do what we can do, but He does what He does. And uh, I'm just thankful for, for the last few weeks. I think the last time I spoke a fortnight ago, I spoke about spiritual hunger and the need for us to be hungry after God and His kingdom. We had Honiana come the next, uh, next Sunday, who was full of passion, right? And then we had Rex last week share stories around revival history and our own history here in, 
in Aotearoa and how we can be a part of that. I just feel like something is stirring and, and building for that. We've got to stay on it. So let me just pray. Father, we thank you for who you are and for what you are doing in our lives. God, I thank you that you're not silent, you're not stationary, you're not removed, but you're here, you're active, you're present. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, even when it doesn't feel like it, you're around us, you're wooing us, you're stirring us. I thank you that you're shoulder tapping people and whispering to people, even right now, to step closer to you, to draw near to you. I thank you for this message, and I pray, God, that you would use it forever, whatever you want to do, in, in Jesus' name. I, I was reminded uh, this week uh, of a quote that I've used before, and a challenging uh, quote from a man named uh, A.W. Tozer. He was a pastor. He died in the 1960s, I think, and he uh, wrote some of the most influential Christian books uh, in the last 100 years. I think one called The Pursuit of God. And I don't know whether this is from one of his books, but uh, he said this uh, around the activity of the Holy Spirit. Quote, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everyone would know the difference. Oh, man, that, that's, that's both a disturbing thought and a stirring one, right? I think you can have both. I think you can be disturbed and stirred. It's called disturbed. D disturbed? D uh, no, it's, I don't know what it's called. But, but it's, a, it's a provocative thought, isn't it, around his activity and, and will we notice if, if his activity stopped when we, when we do church together, when we kind of uh, just walk out our faith, how many of us are really relying on leaning into and allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way in our lives? Is it making, is it making a difference? I, I, I hope it is. I'm not suggesting for you that it isn't, but it's a, a challenging, challenging thought for, for, for me. If I, if I took God out of the equation when it, it came to the day-to-day working out of my faith, how much of my spiritual walk would look any different? Like, am I really leaning into him? Am I, am I needing him desperately to do this thing that he's called me to do? Or, or am I doing it in my own strength, my own ability, you know, my own gifting or talents? Because, because we were never supposed to walk out this faith without his empowerment. Actually, the Bible would suggest that it's impossible to do the things that he's called us to do without his gracing. Sometimes we can, we can kind of uh, like carry on without him. I, I just remember this just dropped into my head. Of, when I was in college, we had a maths teacher who was an interesting guy. He would, he would very rarely face the class, often have his back to, to the class and be writing. And, and a few of us... Probably, probably about 70% of the class decided to play a prank on him. And while he was writing on the, on the blackboard back in those days, showing my age, we snuck out of the room. And there were a few people left, nerds, who wouldn't, who wouldn't leave. Uh, but we snuck out of the room and, of course, we found he turned around and half of us were, were gone. And, and I don't want to ever be in that place where, where God walks out of the room, but we carry on, right? With, and not realizing that he's not even here. 
And, and, and again, I'm not suggesting that that happens, but would we be aware and keep pressing in and pursuing his presence? Because when his presence comes in a place and when his presence comes on a life, incredible things can happen and take place that we cannot do with our own ability and, and our, own, our own strength. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not just talking about when we think about the the power of God or the Holy Spirit in a place. I'm not just talking about the Shazam stuff, right? Like the praying for the sick and, and, the, and the, you know, the casting out of devils, all this sort of thing, which is part of that. But just the tangible, uh, measurable empowerment of God upon you, gracing you, I don't know, giving you boldness every single day this week to, to share your faith and to step into the things of God, that just to have a burning passion to open His Word up and allow the truth of that to transform your life, that kind of stuff, and, 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 and it being evident. Is it happening for you? Is it, is it happening here? These are, these are good questions to ask. When we're together, do we experience the unmistakable, tangible presence of God? And, and you know that it would, we wouldn't walk away and go, man, that, the, the music was good, but you know, or the coffee, oh, that coffee was powerful. I've, I'm high on coffee right now. No, I'm not. The pastor told really good jokes, but rather God was there. He came and he was with us. He showed up and stuff happened. <laughs> I'm just reminded, particularly when we're together, but certainly it's not just limited to that, that there is no substitute for the presence of God in our lives. We cannot do without him coming and being with us and, and empowering us. And there's nothing quite like when the Holy Spirit shows up in a room, in a place, and His presence is tangible, and He begins to touch people's lives. We, we, can't, we can't kind of uh, mimic that sort of stuff. And that's what I'm hungry to see. And equally, there's nothing quite like when the Holy Spirit shows up on a person, wherever you might be, and graces them with everything they need Him reminded of the really clear words of Jesus who kind of gave the church a charge. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, not on the screen. He says, listen, you'll receive power from the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. That is it. Done. Simple. Come on. You'll receive power. Go be my witnesses. Not go be my witnesses and have a good time, but you get the power, get the Holy Spirit, and from that, through that, because of that, you'll, you'll be my witnesses. But what, what, I, what I've found, what I've discovered and continue to discover, and I want to just remind us all this morning, is that the Holy Spirit uh, shows up mostly when we've made room for Him and when we've welcomed Him. Uh, and in this story, in Second Kings, this Shunammite woman, we can see she, she makes a room, literally, she makes a room for God, and then God even surpasses her greatest expectations. And I just want to ask, would you make room for Him? Would you make room for the Holy Spirit in your life? Would, would you make room for Him in your, in your day? Like practically, would you do that? Would, in, would you make room for Him in your relationships? 
in your marriages. Make room for the Holy Spirit to move. Make room for Him in your, in your coming in and your going, in your going out. Make room for God in your struggles and in your trials, in your challenges. Make room for Him with your weakness. Make room for Him with your victories and in, in your dreams and, and all of your plans. Verse 8 of this, of this passage in 2 Kings, it says that this well-to-do woman who, who lived in, in Shunem, she invites the man of God to stay for a meal. And, and that, listen to this, it says, whenever the man of God came by, he stopped at her place to eat. Whenever he was coming through that village, that town, it was her place that, that he came to. It was her place that Elisha stayed. And I, I don't know how Elisha may have first met this woman. It doesn't tell us that. Maybe it was at the temple or, or uh, in, the, in the marketplace. I'm not sure. Maybe they were playing golf. I, I don't know. It doesn't tell us that. But, but we know that Elisha had a, would have had a very high profile in all of the region. Uh, the scriptures tell us that Elisha had huge favor with the, with the, with the commanders of the army, the, the king. And I probably, you can assume that there were plenty of places that she that he could have stayed in, in that town. Plenty of people would have loved to have him come over to stay with them, but it was at this woman's house that he came. And I believe for a couple of reasons, two points, simple points this morning. Number one, and when it comes to creating room and space for the Holy Spirit to come and, and, and be with you, this is what you got to know. She, number one, initiated the invitation. You have to initiate that invitation for the more of God, for the more of Him in all of those areas of your life. She took the first step. I've heard it said that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. In other words, He won't force Himself on a life uninvited. We've got to invite Him to come in. Jesus said in Luke eleven thirteen that God would give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. We have to in, invite Him to come. James chapter 4, verse 8, one of the favorite scriptures, it says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Notice there's a, an order of sorts. You initiate, you invite God, God, come in a greater measure over my life, in, in, this, in this part of my life, in that part of my life, in this way, in that way. Come, I invite you into these areas because I need, I need more of you. You know, I, I think about some of the challenges in my own life that I, I sometimes go for a few days before I go, oh, wait a second, maybe I should... Maybe I should get God's perspective on this. And I haven't actually invited him in and I've, I've, I've narrowed in and I've began to just kind of do this in, in, my, own, in my own strength. I think we, we'd just love God. Wouldn't we just to do the impossible on our behalf? We'd love him to come and wave his magic wand over all of our problems and just kind of fix things, fix our relationship problems, our money problems, all of our problems. But listen, what, what many of us actually fail to do is give God room in those spaces to come and speak, to, to come and intervene, to come and put his power on those things. We've got to know for God to do something great, we first have to invite him to do it. 
Like, we want, we want him to bless us, I don't know, financially, say. You know, like ask the question, have you invited the Holy Spirit into your finances? And allowed him to speak into that. I had someone recently ask me, do you, do you give to the church financially? Not, no one from, from here. Uh, do you like tithe? Do you tithe to the church? Do you give, give like what you call first fruits? And I, I said, yeah, I, I do. And, and they asked, why do you, why do, you do that? And, and it wasn't someone who was a believer. But I, I thought afterwards, you know what I'm doing when, when I give? Is, is I'm actually in, I'm initiating the invitation of God to move in that area. I'm giving Him space. I'm acknowledging Him and I'm saying, God, this is yours. Would you come and put your hand on my finances? That's, that's around initiating the invitation. I just found that He does a way better job than I can of looking after that, that, that one part of, of my life and we've experienced tremendous blessing when we put him first and when we invite him in and give him give him that room it was the invitation by the Shunammite woman to have Elisha come over I believe was the doorway to seeing the blessing and power of God unlocked over her life and I want to encourage you whatever area that you may need breakthrough in Invite him. Take that first step. Invite him in. Invite him in. God, I'm struggling in this area. Would you come and would you, would you shine your light in the space? Everyone okay this morning? All right. Thanks, Matt. Invite, initiate. You take that first step. The Shunammite woman, and again, I keep calling her that because the Bible doesn't mention her name. Uh, in verse 8, it it suggests that, just keep that on the screen, it, it wasn't just any old invitation. Uh, it, it wasn't like, oh, hey, uh, man of God, you know, if you, if, you, if you don't have anywhere else to stay when you're in Shunem, like I'm sure you have, but you, 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 you're welcome if you're close by, you could just pop in and have dinner with us, maybe if, if you want to, but you know, just do what you want. No, it actually says that she, she urged him. She urged him to come to her house, to, to her, her place. Another version says that she persuaded. Another version says that she constrained the man of God to come. And I don't know, maybe Elisha needed some convincing. It might have been an odd thing for a, a strange person to invite them to, to come to their place. The, 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 the New Testament tells a story about the parable of the persistent widow, which kind of has a familiar ring to this and talks about there was a story Jesus told about a certain judge who didn't fear God and didn't care about men. And there was this widow in this town that kept coming to this unjust judge and pleaded with him to grant her justice. It says, not on the screen, the judge says, you know what, even though I don't fear God or care about man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with all her coming. And Jesus goes on to say, you know, how much more would the father give to those who cry out to him and actually urge him to move on, on our behalf? I don't know. Maybe that's what the Shunammite woman did to Elisha. She was like, hey, Elisha, you should come to my house. You should come to my house, Elijah. Elisha, Elisha, you should come to my place. Will you come to my place? Elisha, Elisha, come to my place. Why don't you come to my place? Just kept on bothering him. 
<laughs> she constrained him. In fact, right throughout the story of this woman from Shunem is a picture really of persistence and, and urging and constraining, uh, not on the screen, but in verse 9, it, it tells us that she has her husband build a room on top of their house. Now, how many know any husbands here, if your wife asks you to do that, it's gonna need, you're going to need some convincing, right? Like, honey, could you please like, build a building on top of our roof? You know, how, many, how many husbands will be willing to do that? <laughs> like, it's kind of crazy, but, but verse, verse 27, not on the screen, but it says that she goes, goes to Elisha after her son has died, and she takes hold of his feet, and she refuses to let go until he answers her. In verse 30, she refuses to have Elisha's servant just return because that's what Elisha first recommended to go pray for the son. And she tells Elisha, listen, if you don't come back with me, I'm going to follow you around till the day I die. <laughs> this was a woman who was pressing into the man of God. She urged him to come. She constrained him. There was a desperation about this initiated invitation. And that's what we've got to have when it comes to seeing God move over our lives. I think this may be what we've sometimes lost a little of, of around inviting God to break in, inviting Him, him to come. You know, when was the last time we got a little more desperate for God to do the things that only He can do? We, we got an opportunity this Friday night to pull heaven down, to get some urgency and to get some, a constraining kind of attitude going when it comes to seeing what we believe God wills. And the, and the other side of that is us thinking, you know what, I don't really want to go out in the cold on a Friday night. It's the middle of winter. Come on. She urged the man of God to come. I usually watch Netflix on Fridays. She constrained the man of God. It was uncomfortable. There was something more in her than just this. Come on, we can, we, can, we can do this too, right? Sometimes to see God really move, we've got to really want Him to. Awesome. That's good, good whiz. Number two, number two, don't just initiate the invitation, but we've got to make room for Him to stay. You see, we can invite Him to come, but we have to make room for him to stay. Verse 9, it says that she said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Verse 10 on the screen, it says, let's make a small room on the roof and put in a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. Listen, this is really cool, this bit. Then he can stay whenever he comes. It's one thing to have him come it's another thing to have him stay. It's one thing for the Holy Spirit to visit from time to time. It's another thing to have him stay. If we want to have him stay, not only do we need to invite him, but we have to make room for him. We have to have him welcomed in the space of our lives. You're following me this morning. The Holy Spirit will come where he's invited, but he'll stay where we make room. And I, be, I believe the greater room you make for God in your lives, the greater opportunity He has to operate and just have His way in, in those spaces. He, he's a big God and He likes a big room. This passage says that she made a small room. 
But we, we're, we have a big God. <laughs> and, and the Shunammite woman, she literally had a room built. And if we can do the same with our lives in creating space, creating room for God to move and making space for Him, not, not just to get, as, as I think Caroline mentioned this morning, not just to get a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling from time to time, right? To go and get God to just touch me. Oh, I felt goosebumps and oh, it was wonderful. That's great, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not just having God, not just having God visit, but having Him stay in us and transform us, not just in moments, but, but walk with us and as we walk, walk with Him. Space given to God to work in our lives. And, and that space, I just thought of three quick little areas, could be, number one, a devo- devotional space, creating devotional space, space for God, making devotional room for Him in your life, uh, setting aside a time in our day, wherever that might be, to, to allow His Word to, to uh, feed us, to pray, to, to seek Him, to cry out for Him. I, I read this just last night, a survey of... A I think it was American Christians, maybe the stats are the same, uh, of, of Bible-believing uh, uh, followers of God who believe the Word of God is His Word, but yet only one-third actually read it regularly. And so it's one thing to believe in this, in this divinely inspired book. It's another to actually open it and allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate those words and speak to us and transform us. And, and I hope that we, we, we are more than uh, the 33% here, but, but it's going to be very difficult to, uh, to allow the Holy Spirit to shape your life, to have your life shaped by God, particularly in this day and age and in this culture with whole lots of things going on that are counter to the kingdom of God. It's going to be hard to allow the Holy Spirit to shape your life if you don't make devotional space for Him to come and shape you, all right? But space to draw closer to Him, space to cry out to God to seek Him. Another one could be what I would call faith-stretching space, making room for Him to stretch you, to take risks, to, to, to grow, to, to a space that you have to trust Him and lean into Him, space that that, that has you sharing your faith with others and telling your testimony and talking to the people you work with about Jesus, that, that you actually have this incredible story about how God found, found you. Maybe space, stretching faith space that you would pray for someone, a stranger. I was having uh, coffee with Rex and Annie uh, a few weeks ago. Annie was hardly ever there. She just kept on praying for people. I know there was one lady in particular, but, but that kind of faith-stretching space where, hey, that person needs to know about the love of God. I'm just going to go pray for them. How many of us are doing that or could do? I believe there's so many people out there waiting for that encounter of encounter, praying and stepping out. We, we have uh, uh, every week, I think more than once, Alistair, who's not here today, leads teams out in the streets to, to stretch faith. Just you know, there's plenty of opportunities. We have small groups here where we can, we can grow. There, there are all sorts of different things, but spaces that will grow you and grow your faith. It's important in how we make room for God. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, not on the screen, Philippians 4.9, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, he says, practice these things. In other words, create space, faith space to practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. 
Another space, and maybe a Matt and the band could come, please, is serving space. Serving others space. When we make room for I've just discovered that God is so for people, so loving people that when we get involved in serving others, when we, we get involved in something greater than ourselves, he likes it. He's attracted to that. He's, he's drawn to, to that. Getting involved in things beyond you, bigger, bigger than you, because we're all called to make a difference in the life of someone else. And who knows who that may be. We often spend a lot of time working on us, really important. But as we actually take our eyes off ourselves and begin to and begin to serve others and love on others, God seems to take care of us as well. And so God's attracted to that. And Jesus, of course, was our greatest example who, who laid down his life for, for you and I. Philippians 2.3, not on the screen, says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility. Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. There are whole lots of different areas where we can do this. You can serve on a team here, get your gifts functioning. There's, there's outreach events that we do. Kai with Love happens all the time. See Gary and Joy about that. If you want to be part of something greater than, than yourself, get involved in the community. It's one of the, the, the things that I've done recently. Some of you may know this, but I've, I've got into sports chaplaincy. I'm the chaplain for the Nelson Giants because I've realized that there is a... a, a there is a wider group that I can influence, that I can serve, that I can make a difference in the lives of other people. And God is attracted to that and He blesses that and He opens doors when we do, when we do that. The Holy Spirit wants to use you and He wants to do powerful things through you. But you're going to have to invite Him to come. You're going to have to make room for Him. You're probably going to have to urge Him to come and get desperate for some of those things in some of those areas. And you're going to have to make room for him to not just come, but stay. Why don't we stand this morning? Thank you, God. Jacob, turn on the speakers. Thank you, Father. I want to just take a minute or two, even, even in this, this time, this space right now, to just where you're standing to invite the Holy Spirit to, to come again. And let's just take a couple of minutes. Have no expectations of what this might look like, but just in your own way. Receive Him. And invite Him into your life afresh again today. Maybe this morning you...